Good morning, Boker Tov, buenos dias, sabah alecher. This is Shana Fultz here from Tel Aviv with the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm here to give you the daily headlines so you can get caught up quickly. Today is Monday, August 10th, 2020. Let's have a beautiful start to the week and let's get to today's news. Sunday, the Israeli Defense Force fired back into Gaza, striking a Hamas observation post. This was after balloons strapped with a grenade were sent flying over the border into Israel to hover over the near Oz kibbutz, where residents spotted it and called authorities. Zappers came to detonate the device. No one was reported to have been hurt on either side of the border. Meanwhile, reports say tension is in the air as Gaza and Israel work on a ceasefire negotiation that has been in the works for about a week. There was something that caught my attention this weekend while I was taking in the sun and the waves on the beaches of both Tel Aviv and Herzliya. An influx of Arab people. I thought that perhaps more families were coming out to celebrate following the Eid al-Adha holiday, or that families were taking advantage of summer vacation together. But after taking a look into it, there was a reason for the extremely high numbers. Israel temporarily opened a number of border crossings around the country, especially in the northern West Bank. Palestinian Authority health officials say the move was not coordinated with them, and that they fear the mixing will increase numbers of coronavirus cases in the territory. Private Arab bus lines waited for groups on the other side of the border in Israel and shuttled them to beaches in Yafo, in Herzliya. Photos surfaced throughout Palestinian media showing everyone from children to the elderly enjoying the shore. One elderly woman said it was her dream to return to the sea after nearly a lifetime away from it. Meanwhile, the Palestinian Authority still has restaurants closed on Fridays and Saturdays as a means of preventing the spread of COVID-19. Palestinian residents questioned whether the move was meant to stimulate the Israeli economy, and others questioned why Palestinian authorities did not try to prevent travelers from going out into Israel. Over the weekend, one of my listeners asked me which story I was eager to see a resolution for. I said Israel's budget. The Jerusalem Post has an interesting piece which goes through the pros and cons of having a one-year versus a two-year budget. Let me explain. The budget needs to be taken care of by August 24th latest, otherwise the parliament will dissolve and the country will head into a fourth election, which will cause Israelis a good load of frustration, to say the least. Many believe Prime Minister Netanyahu wants a one-year budget so he can push out Benny Gantz from claiming his second half of the unity government that the two parties formed together. So he would be taking the seat as Prime Minister following Netanyahu in what is being called a unity government. It would mean Netanyahu's Likud party would govern for the first half and Gantz blue and white for the second. Economists from the country say most OECD, or Organizations for Economic Development, in the world use a one-year budget because it allows a government to adapt to changes, whereas a two-year budget offers certainty and stability. 
The tricky part is that the one-year budget in question is actually just for the four months left in the calendar year, and a two-year budget would encompass 2021. The article offers one more important takeaway, which is that the world is watching, and without a strong and unified government to take action in a strategic, non-messy way, it leaves Israel facing debt and lacking financial support from the global markets. Now, what do you think of this next story? A Jewish-Israeli hockey player just signed to play for the local Aswisim team in Poland. The hockey captain will be skating on ice just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Auschwitz concentration camp. The 28-year-old Eliezer Sherbatov says he wants to help remind people of what happened and win the Polish Cup and the Continental title so that everyone will know that the one who did it was a Jewish Israeli. Let me know what you think about this story. I have a new question for everyone this week. Last week, I asked, what time do you listen to the podcast? And I released the answers in my Friday newsletter, which, by the way, is getting a great response. I met a woman this weekend at a Shabbat dinner who said she read the news the night before sundown. She gets my newsletter. And she even said that she prioritized it before the newsletter from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who is a member of parliament in the UK and a known scholar and writer around the world. So her comment that she made it a point to read the Israel news wrap before Shabbat started instead of his piece really made my whole weekend. Okay, so for this week's question, I want to know what other podcasts and media you consume. I want to get a sense of what is important to you. So send me a message. You can sign up for the weekly news wrap using the link in the show notes, or you can find me on my social media and send me a message. The Israel Daily News podcast has been approached by Audible, which is the audiobooks podcast and all things audio sector of Amazon. I would like to recommend the app to my listeners because it's 100% the future of media. Sign up for the trial using the link Audible Trial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial, T-R-I-A-L dot com, backslash Israel Daily News. The trial is free, so let me know what you choose to listen to, and then let's talk about it on the show. The link is also in the show notes, so you can find it there. Yesterday marked the 19th year for families who lost loved ones during the 2001 Sabaro pizzeria bombing, in which a man carrying a guitar case full of explosives blew himself up, taking 15 others with him. I covered this story weeks ago when activists were calling on the U.S. to halt legal agreements and aid to Jordan until Jordan uses the law to punish Alam Tamimi, the woman in charge of the attack. They said Jordan must honor its extradition treaty. The U.S. did charge her for killing Americans who were murdered during the attack, but Tamimi is still in Jordan working on her TV programs and is celebrated by the public. Tamimi has publicly broadcasted that she chose the Sabaro location at lunchtime because she knew there was a school nearby. One of the victim's fathers wrote a heart-wrenching post about his daughter for the Times of Israel blog. Let's all take a moment to remember that day.
Last story of the day. In April, a man named Rabbi Heber died in Israel at age 55 due to the coronavirus. He left behind a nonprofit called Matnat Chaim, which he started to facilitate kidney transplants. Since his death just a few months ago, 57 people have donated, which is the highest number in such a short period of time for this organization. Heber's widow, Rachel, says people who had been considering went ahead and donated in his memory following his death. The organization has made 854 live kidney transplants since 2009 when the organization was founded by the couple. Some question whether one person can make a difference in the world. Well, this story answers that question very easily. If you know anyone who died of COVID-19 in Israel, send me a message. I'm working on a special project and I need interviews from family members of those who have lost someone due to COVID-19 here in the Holy Land. All right, well, that's it for today's news. Today is Monday, August 10th, 2020. We've got a low of 24 and a high of 29 degrees Celsius in Tel Aviv. That's 76 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 85 degrees in this central city. Thanks for getting caught up with me. And don't forget, subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. I am everywhere. Just a note, tonight is the Sunset Series. I am going to be hosting my Monday night event. I am so excited. We are going to be discussing moral issues within the IDF. So we're going to be hearing from somebody who is on the inside talking about the moral and ethical dilemmas that soldiers face. Also, don't forget to send in your answer to this week's question, which is, what other media do you listen to, especially podcasts? I'm going to send you off into the beginning of this week with Flying High by Erica Kroll. That's what I want you all to do. Fly High this week. She is 23 years old. She works as a music producer, DJ, and singer here in Israel. She creates unique sounds. And if you watch her videos on Instagram, she'll show you all the household items she uses to make interesting noises in her music. Let's hear her song, Flying High. Have a great and productive day.
fly